0: I want to invite you to join us for the first ever Bitcoin Business Owners Roundtable. On May 22nd, Paul D. co-founder and former COO at Mudwater, will be sharing about online marketing and using Bitcoin to accelerate your efforts. In addition to helping scale the well-known coffee alternative, Paul is also behind Casey Cattle's recent Bitcoin adoption that went viral on Twitter. After Paul shares, there'll be a live Q&A along with the time to share insights and network with fellow entrepreneurs. You can find a link in the show notes to sign up. Be sure you'll be able to say I was there when your progeny asked you where you were for the first ever Bitcoin
1: Business Owners Roundtable. With a non-Bitcoiner, what's interesting about these conversations is that they all can articulate that something is wrong. I think the difference between non-Bitcoiners and Bitcoiners is that Bitcoiners can sort of easily point a line between everything that we've learned about our current financial system into bitcoin people that aren't bitcoiners it's funny that they're reaching out about this at all like hey i've kind of heard about this i heard about a podcast I, I agree something is definitely wrong and then it's educating them on why you know we believe that bitcoin is a solution to maybe not all of your problems but one of your problems <laughs>
0: Welcome to the Business Bitcoinization Show, the show dedicated to helping you enrich your life and grow your business with Bitcoin, the hardest money on planet Earth. I'm your host, Josh Friedemann, and our guest today is Dante Cook, who's the head of Swan Business at Swan Bitcoin. Swan provides the industry's best software services and support for businesses to most easily adopt Bitcoin. Today, we're going to be talking about a new service that Swan Business is releasing soon for business owners as well as a number of other topics. But before we get to our interview with Dante, we have this week's Bitcoin Meetup Spotlight. And this week, it is from Dante's town, Indianapolis. Join fellow Bitcoiners at the Indie Bitcoin Meetup every third Wednesday of the month. They discuss a different topic each time, and there's a wide range of knowledgeable Bitcoiners at every meeting who've come to Bitcoin for different reasons. From macro to technical to privacy, it's all there. Locations vary, so check them out on Twitter at IndieBitcoin or on their meetup page for more info if you happen to not live in the Indianapolis area but want to attend a Bitcoin meetup, I encourage you to download the OSHI app where you can find the closest Bitcoin meetup to you. Now, we're going to get to our interview with Dante right after this. Business owners, unlock the benefits Bitcoin has to offer your business with a Bitcoin for business quick start guide. This 27 page guide highlights the six ways you can grow your business with Bitcoin. Check it out in the show notes.
1: Dante, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Josh. Uh, Excited to be on and uh, excited to chat with you today. I've been a fan for a while and glad that there's people talking about uh, Bitcoin in the business context.
0: I appreciate it, and I'm looking forward to getting to talk to you today about what Swan Bitcoin is doing in the arena for businesses. We've talked about it a little bit already. Some longtime listeners will have heard some of those episodes already, but you are kind of the font of knowledge when it comes to this particular topic. But before we get into our topic for the day, I do like to start off with a few questions that help us to get to know you a little bit better and give us some insight for our own lives. So, you ready for these? Sure. When and how did you first learn about Bitcoin?
1: Wow. Uh, I first learned about Bitcoin uh, through a guy who was really mentoring me. He was a head coach at a football program that uh, I was coaching at, and he was mining uh, Bitcoin in the back office of his furniture shop in 2015. Um and so that's when I first heard about Bitcoin. I thought it was a little bit crazy. I didn't really understand it and they had GPUs and were mining different things, Ravencoin, there was a whole bunch of different coins that were mining, but they were also mining Bitcoin. And so that was the first time that I think I'd heard about Bitcoin. You know, fast forward a few years, you know, uh I I worked at a, you know, startup tech company. Um and one of the things that we did, there was a bunch of guys that liked investing and so we just had this kind of office uh portfolio contest, who could who could make the most money, who had the most returns. And uh, I I just remember getting into this around 2017. And then 2018 is really when, you know, one of my teammates portfolio just started to take off. And uh, Mm -hmm. I didn't know why. And that was, you know, it was really just Bitcoin, you know. And so, you know, that's what got me down the rabbit rabbit hole was, you know, uh, buying Bitcoin on on Robinhood, listen to Andre's Antonopoulos podcast, and really diving deep. But the the impetus was like uh, this guy is beating me in his portfolio returns, uh, and so that's why I started buying Bitcoin just to win the office you know portfolio competition. <laughs> uh, so what's an
0: insight or fact about Bitcoin that you wish everyone understood?
1: An insider fact about Bitcoin that I th- wish everyone understood. Um, one of the important things, I think, um, just because of different naming conventions, um, we we tend to attach old um, uh, words to or ideas about words that we have to the Bitcoin network itself. So it having coin in the name and not considering it to be a network, um, we we've coin terms like you know hardware wallets uh which in on the surface level makes sense you know when you have money in a bank account you know it's hosted and owned by someone else and then you take it and put cash into your wallet that's kind of you taking custody of it yourself but really you know hardware wallets are really signing devices they're actually more like credit cards right and that you have a 16 digit pin number on the outside of your credit card when you swipe that magnetic strip it's verifying through a private key that you want to release funds from this address to another address. And so, you know, it being a, uh, a hardware signer or uh, kind of like a credit card, you're, like you're swiping it to signify I want to release funds is, is one thing that I wish people knew. And so there's all of these little terms that are embedded into how the bitcoin network is described cryptocurrency you know you know reading Alice Gladstein's book which is behind me you know the term for uh, crypto really came from encryption right uh going back to the pgp software days and clipper chips through joe biden and other people trying to ban uh, the ability to send messages between two people and that's where the word crypto kind of came in this kind of cypherpunk movement as they tried to build out encryption technology uh, to send uh, information between two people, party to party. And so then you get cryptocurrencies. And there's all these little names, I think, um, about that are embedded into how we try to describe Bitcoin or people try to understand it that are really misleading. Um, and it really just takes education and teaching people um, correctly about what these terms actually mean.
0: Yeah. So a couple things right there. First of all, when you talk about it in terms of a credit card, I like that framing because then you can talk to someone about how it's like a credit card, but orders of magnitude more secure. When you're talking about that 16 digit number, however many digits it might be, uh, you know, your Bitcoin private key is way more secure than that. One thing that I'm curious about is when it comes to something like uh, Bitcoin, would you... I'm curious about the, the, the terminology you might use to describe it. Would you just talk about it as the Bitcoin or the, maybe uh, the something something payments network? Or I, I know that you're not responsible for renaming it, but in order to make it clear, how would you what would you call Bitcoin if you could rename it from day one at this point in time, knowing what you know now?
1: Oh, wow. That is that is difficult. Uh, that is, that is hard to be the branding guy for renaming Bitcoin. (laughs) I think how I would describe it, I mean, it it is the money protocol for the internet. So the best analogy Mm -hmm. is we're having a call right now and we're looking at each other and that's going over the voice over IP network. That is the open voice protocol that FaceTime uses, that Zoom uses, that Microsoft Teams or Skype uses for us to uh, connect via video. And then you have, you know, in the browser, I have HTTPS, right? That's the hypertext transfer protocol, right? That, you know, all browsers, Chrome, Mozilla, Netscape use to allow people to display information. Uh, The port, which you connect to uh, get to that browser is TCP, IP. Uh, How we send emails is through the SMTP or the Simple Mail Transfer Protocol. You know, we, we use it and interact with it through a Gmail client or an Outlook client. It's an interface that sits on top of it, but it's an open protocol. Uh, SFTP, how do we send files? Simple file transfer protocol, right? So there's all these little protocols uh, that we just use and interact with every day uh, that have apps on top of them. So they abstract kind of the, the bare metal like server to server communication for people. So that's how I would just describe Bitcoin, right? It's the money protocol of the internet right in it, it, there are different clients that sit on top of it just like Gmail like cash app is a client that sits on top of this open protocol to allow people to extract value from one place to another uh, swan Bitcoin is uh, an application that sits on top of this network that allows people to transmit value back and forth you know um, and so I think I think in ways that um, we've just grown to use these protocols. I think the main thing to really grow adoption or how I would re-describe it, um, I would describe any one of these Bitcoin apps like I would describe Gmail or Outlook or Zoom or other things, right? Because they're just clients that sit on top of an open protocol. And I think those analogies, Mm -hmm. those simple analogies really help people to connect the dots of, oh, I actually use an open protocol all the time. Um, I'm just... Interacting with it through some sort of software or front-end client. Sure, sure.
0: Well, I appreciate that explanation. I'm sure a lot of people will have picked up at least a few new nuggets of information from it. The next question is: what is the Bitcoin resource that you most recommend to other people?
1: Ooh, I mean, there's like a little series uh that Andreas Antonopoulos did back in the day. It's like 2018. Uh, you've got to find it on um, on like apple podcast or your your podcast streaming network there's about 20 different um uh episodes in there uh and they're they're unbelievable like the five stages of of grief uh you know uh, rat poison um, you've got streaming of money um you've got i mean all of these different talks that were I mean, when you go back and you listen to them, uh, they're still super relevant today. Um, and I think you can almost with like 80 percent certainty, you can trace most major Bitcoiners today. Like I say, if you're 2018 and and forward, like back to Andreas and those talks as to like a major part in their Bitcoin journey. So I would just tell people uh, like, man, go back to the, the early days to the 2015s, 2016s, and and really uh, study those. So that's probably my, those are the ones I would recommend the most. So beyond Bitcoin, what is a
0: tool, resource, or an idea that's been helpful to you or your work at Swan
1: recently? I actually go back and reread the Amazon shareholder letters regularly um all the time my favorite is the 2000 amazon shareholder letter and and jeff bezos starts off the first word he starts off with first sentence is ouch uh in period and he goes the stock price from amazon has declined 85 percent this year but by all measures and purposes amazon is a more better and impressive company today than it was a year ago and he goes, in the short term, the stock market is a voting machine. In the long term, it's a weighing machine. Here's 12 ways that Amazon is a heavier company today than it was before. And he just goes through metric after metric. Volume, fixed costs, you know, gross margins, sales, you know, um, revenue per customer, like all of these metrics. And he goes, look, I don't care about what the stock price is. The fundamentals about Amazon and what we're doing, what we're accomplishing haven't changed. And if you're not able to see that or willing to see that, then you probably shouldn't be a shareholder. And then every subsequent uh, shareholder letter, he goes back to 2000. Right. He goes back to what he calls day one. Um, and that ethos today still continues in their shareholder letters. That ethos today still continues in their uh, the way that they run their company. They talk about being a day one company. And so as we work through things with Swan, as we go t- you know, to first principles, as we kind of have different periods of market volatility and you know things blowing up all around us that have nothing to do with our business and our business model, we just keep looking back at the metrics and we go, Swan is a heavier company today than it was yesterday. And so that really helps me and just in my journey as a Bitcoiner Um, People that have been through any sort of, you know, uh, bear markets or these cycles before you kind of get hardened a little bit. But, you know, that just always reminds me of this feels a lot like the late 90s and the early 2000s when Amazon was a scam. It was only for criminals. You should never put your credit card on the Internet. They only they're only useful for buying books. Oh, wait. Oh, diapers. Jet.com. That's kind of cool. Right. And that you just kind of keep going through all of this FUD that they just pushed through. And then now, like, your neighborhood, like, you can't go down your street and not look at someone's house and there not be an Amazon package on somebody's door. And so just that ubiquity of it, how it spread, its growth, I think, is uh, always a helpful reminder for me and trying to be day one with Bitcoin.
0: Now we have our final arbitrary but insightful question, and it's this. As a general life principle, is it
1: better to ask why or why not? Um, I believe that it's why not. Um, I think inevitably the truth always tends to weigh out. Um, And so we do deal in a world of objective reality. Um, In the short term, people might think the truth is subjective. But over time, we all kind of align ourselves to truth. And... In the world of physics, you know, that that is if you jump off of a four story building and you land on the ground, there's going to be problems when when whatever object you or something else hits the ground. And that's an objective truth that slowly over time, we've aligned our behaviors and our attitudes and our beliefs to tell our kids not to stand near the edge uh, of something that's high. Right. And so the question of why. I believe, you know, there are fundamental truths, you know, and things that wait play out over time. And I'm just not smart enough all the time to know what those objective truths are. I do have pretty strongly held beliefs, like with my faith and my religion and those sorts of things that I hold pretty strong to. And so I just the why, I'm not smart enough to know the why. I, I subscribe to a lot of the whys that I believe. The why not allows me to live um in a way that's purposeful, in a way that's intentional, and in a way that minimizes regrets. So you go at the, at the end of people's life, there was this huge study that they did. There was like um, a few thousand people that they, stu- they studied in like a nursery home that were like near the end of their life and, and their death. And, and they asked them, what is, um, what's the thing that you regret most? And it wasn't all of the things that they did or the mistakes that they made. It's all of the inaction that they didn't take. So you go ask every old person at in an old in an, in a, at a nursing home that's at the end of their life. What do they regret most? It's why not, and typically not why. So that's that's my thoughts, and I'm just not smart enough to like unpack the why of like how the universe works and everything else. Over time, like we all just align to truth and why tends to play itself out.
0: But here's what truly sets them apart. Veles Commerce doesn't just build. They bring a wealth of knowledge to ensure your project success from day one. Their team understands the nuances of Bitcoin, ensuring that your business stays ahead of the curve. And for all business Bitcoinization listeners out there, Veles Commerce is offering a free consultation to kickstart your project the right way. So if you're ready to future proof your business in the coming age of hyper Bitcoinization, head over to VelesCommerce.com or reach out on Twitter at Veles Commerce. Let's make Sure, your business thrives in the Bitcoin era. That's really interesting. We've never had anyone answer like that, not only on this podcast, but you know, in my previous podcast where I had over one hundred and fifty episodes. It sounds like what you are saying, and maybe confirm this for me or not. But it's within the context of uh, solid understanding of truth or solid, uh, you know, foundational principles. Why not is the question to ask. Is that correct? Like where the why is already explained, why not is the question Exactly, ask.
1: The why is already explained. And if you look close enough or you study other things over time, the why works itself out. Like you can try to you can wrestle with the why, like you can wrestle with objective truth. But eventually, like you align your behaviors and your attitudes to truth, whether you want to or not. You can debate it and argue about it. Um, but I think that's a it's an unprofitable pursuit, I think, for the limited time and space that we have on this earth. Like I can go question everything about why this is, why does the cow look like that? Why does this, a, I, who knows how long I'm gonna be here? Like the question of why not, like can I get this cow to like jump over the moon? That's a much more fun pursuit in life than asking like, why is the cow the way that it is, right? So anyways, that's a it's a weird, I can go on this all day, but it's a, that's kind of my philosophy.
0: I like it. I like it. So, uh, Dante, we're here today primarily not to talk about your philosophical beliefs on why, why not, although that was maybe one of the more interesting uh, explanations I've, I've heard, at least in recent days, I hope previous guests won't take offense at that. But we're here today to talk about Swan Business, your work there. And there is something you're releasing soon called BitList. So I want to talk about that first, and maybe we'll delve into some other things. Once again, for people who haven't been listening for that long, we have already talked about the Bitcoin benefit plan with a couple other people, uh, both someone who's using it and someone else who works at Swan Terrence. Um, So maybe we can get some some updates on that if there's any relevance there. But could you first start off by sharing about BitList, what you're looking to do with that service.
1: Yeah, BitList, um, we've just noticed, um, we've, we've been very fortunate and, and Swan is a company where we really try to listen to customers and not just what they're saying on the service level, but what are their, their challenges and, and one kind of recurring thing that we hear over and over and over again, is this tension between service providers that that companies, individuals uh, have relied on for their business career up until this point, as they begin adopting Bitcoin, they realize that these vendors and suppliers and other people that they've relied on know nothing about Bitcoin. And that's the world that they're hoping to move to. They're hoping to transition to running on a Bitcoin standard. And so how that looks practically is, you know, hey, I'm filing my tax return and you hand it to your accountant And they're like, what is this Bitcoin thing? Like, how do I categorize this? Should I go first in, first out, or highest in, first out, or last in, first out? Like, I don't know what even what Bitcoin is. Like, what is an 8949? And there's all of this friction, I think, when people um, want to interact with uh, service providers that understand Bitcoin. And then from a moral and, you know, just alignment perspective, I think a lot of Bitcoiners are really they really want to work with other Bitcoiners. Like if they have the opportunity between working with a non-Bitcoiner and a Bitcoiner, they want to opt with their dollars, their time and their service to work with other Bitcoiners. And so BitList is um, our attempt uh, at this. You know, it it will be a marketplace that allows Bitcoiners to work with and find service providers who are Bitcoiners. So that can be from taxes, accounting, um, that can be, uh, plumbers, that can be HVAC uh, folks, that can be, you know, all kinds of service providers, marketing consultants, right? People that are not going to take shortcuts and have a long time preference. And so we're just kind of opening that up and letting the community really find these people. And, and Swan, we, we love um, building, you know, open source free community tools, whether that be Bitcoiner events or Bitcoiner jobs, this is going to be in that same vein, uh, where Bitcoiners can find uh, service providers that are run by Bitcoiners.
0: And will this mostly be for business to business services, or would it be business to consumer to
1: Yeah, these are mostly going to be uh, business to businesses. We will have business to consumer services out there, but they're not going to be—they're uh, not going to be like apps, right? It's not going to be a marketplace, sort of like a Apollo Sats, like if you will, right, where you rate different services and applications or uh that, that sort of service, right? This is really going to be primarily business to business. But also if there is a business that does offer services to an individual, I guess it will be B2C in that aspect. Uh but it's really going to be for businesses that are listed on this marketplace.
0: And do you have any any way that people listening to this right now who feel like they have a service, first of all, um maybe ways where they can figure out whether or not it's a good fit before they try to apply maybe you just encourage them to apply anyway to find out first of all, so like figure out whether or not their business, uh, would fit into that category. And then second of all, if so, where they can go to apply for BitList.
1: Yeah. So right now, um, we are, it's, it's, uh, it's developed, but we're going to be rolling it out in beta. Um, and so we're hoping to get, um, services in there, um, a select group of, you know, business people, um, like really testing out the service, testing out the products, how does it work? You know, how does our functionality really line up? And so right now it's in beta. And so you can email myself, um, Dante, D-A-N-T-E at Swan.com or Nathan at Swan.com in order to get on this beta list. We're we're about to just open this up. And so we we wanna do a little bit of testing. Um, on some things there but we're excited to get a bunch of people there so you know email me we'll jump on a call we'll we'll talk a little bit about you know your, your bitcoin you know journey how you're how you're relying on Bitwork, bitcoin today and you know kind of verify right that's going to be the biggest thing in this marketplace trusts but verify um in in the different service providers that we want on there
0: so then, after that, for those listening to this that maybe don't have a Bitcoin related service but would like to take advantage of Bitlist when it's up so they can figure out how to work with other Bitcoiners, how can those people stay apprised as
1: to when this launches? We will uh, announce our like social media page. Uh, I can share some information for you like when you're when the service is up and ready to share with listeners. Um, or if you when you email me, I'll just add you to the list and you can subscribe. Uh, but it will be pretty easy to find and, and hopefully an accessible resource for for many folks.
0: Well, I'm also curious when it comes to uh, maybe the, the business owners that you're having conversations with who are interested in adopting Bitcoin. Are they coming to you with specific questions? And this is kind of beyond the bit list conversation, but are they coming to you with specific questions um, that help you to figure out what services to develop? Or is it one of those things where they're just, they're just coming to you and they're saying, Hey, I want to adopt Bitcoin. And then you have to kind of walk through, trudge through each individual difficulty with them.
1: So right now Swan business we have Um, we have over a thousand just entities on our platform um, and we have hundreds of businesses. So these are small businesses. These are um, construction companies. These are marketing and consulting companies. These are uh, plumbers. These are electricians. There's a lot of service providers actually that are are coming to us to learn about Bitcoin. And one of the interesting things about them, there's two buckets of conversations that I have. Typically, the first bucket is with someone who's already a Bitcoiner. They, they purchased Bitcoin. They've been in Bitcoin for a while. And they're just looking to layer on, well, I run this business and I want to own this on my balance sheet. And so what are the implications of that? How do I account for that? Um, it being an indefinite, intangible asset. How do I mark down the value of my Bitcoin as an impairment cost? What about if FASB comes out and I can mark up the value of that? Um, those different kinds of technical questions that you have. Can I hold it? Can I take it off of your platform and put it in multi-sig? Can I have, you know, different uh, ways to have different signers that are the different business owners? Like, what does that look like? So that conversation is usually there for for a business owner that already knows about Bitcoin. And, And the next piece of that conversation is, I want my employees to know about this, right? I want them to experience Bitcoin just like I did. So tell me about the Bitcoin benefit plan and how we're able to distribute Bitcoin to uh, employees on a monthly basis or uh, an ad hoc basis. So some people are want to design performance plans and so they want to incentivize them with Bitcoin uh, for hitting different performance goals. Or some of them are tired of giving their employees or their employees are tired of getting Amazon gift cards right? And so they want to offer Bitcoin as an incentive. And, you know, that's sort of that progression then with a Bitcoiner. With a non-Bitcoiner, what's interesting about these conversations is that they all can articulate that something is wrong. I think the difference between non-Bitcoiners and Bitcoiners is that Bitcoiners have sort of attached the problems that they're facing, whether they're cash flow problems, whether they're inflation problems, whether they're Retention with their employees' problems, whether, you know, why they're, you know, their working capital costs are continuing to, you know, go up every single year. Bitcoiners can sort of easily point a line between everything that we've learned about our current financial system into Bitcoin. Uh, people that aren't Bitcoiners are, it's funny that they're reaching out about this at all. Like, hey, I've kind of heard about this. I heard about a podcast. I I agree, something is definitely wrong. And then it's educating them on why, you know, we believe that Bitcoin is a solution to maybe not all of your problems, but one of your problems. And how do we start to tackle that one problem? So one of the things
0: that Swan is known for is its education. So whether it's through podcasts or different, uh, you know, you have the Bitcoin canon that talks about a lot of different Bitcoin facets, different rabbit holes, a bunch of different authors there. Um, What what are you looking to do or, or where maybe is the need for educating business owners, just curious about how you've thought through some of that, because you like you said, you have over a 1000 entities, hundreds of businesses, when it comes to education, where do you as kind of the head of Swan business, uh, think about that?
1: We also part of Swan businesses, we have like a corporate education uh, line. And that's where typically, i or someone from our team we're, we typically bring in the the we, we said the orange pill swat team where we'll bring in a stefan levera we'll bring in a Corey or a brady or even you know folks around the team like a natalie or other people to really uh, come in and do a workshop with companies that can be through zoom that can be in person you know luckily i've gotten to travel a couple times we're working with you know several fortune 200 companies to train their executives on why Bitcoin? Why does Bitcoin matter? What implications does this have in your business as it relates to currency risk Um, and hedging that currency exposure? Let's say if you accept uh, most of your payment in euros, right, but your debts are denominated in dollars, right? And so there's all the things about the Lightning Network and how that's going to increase adoption and, you know, uh, increase loyalty programs. There's all sorts of conversations that we have. And typically we're working with companies. Um, we'll come together. We'll put together a presentation related to your context. So it can be in a service provider context. It can be in a you know Fortune 200 global company context of how Bitcoin can really help and serve your business. And really the main goal of that conversation is really working with one or two people on an executive team or a leadership team to say, Hey, try this Bitcoin thing out for yourself. Like really start to understand it for yourself and by virtue of you understanding it for yourself and we educate you, we give you all these resources and materials we've actually developed like a curriculum, like a Bitcoin 101 sort of class or course that really allows people to walk through this journey in a curated way. Um and so those are the things that we typically like walk away with as action items for these executives. And then, you know, we we just had these conversations now for with some of these companies for a year, year and a half, two years, where they're starting to get comfortable with Bitcoin as a part of their company strategy. And it has to be for some of these companies, specifically the global multinational companies. Uh, it's It's really prevalent for them. So one part of your
0: background we haven't talked about is your athletic background. Curious to know, I I know the Swan has done some things reaching out to athletes. You may or may not want to go into that, but uh, I would also like to know about how that may have influenced your thinking about Bitcoin and also just, you know, how does, that, how, does, how does athletics play into your, your interest in Bitcoin? And let me just say that you were on the Stefan Levera podcast recently. So if listeners to this podcast don't already listen in to that one, they can go back and listen to, uh, I think it was maybe a couple weeks ago, so a very recent episode of that podcast as well. But curious to know about kind of that connection between athletics and Bitcoin and some of the efforts that Swan has done to reach out to athletes.
1: Yeah, thanks for thanks for asking. Uh, That's a huge part of of my journey. Um, I work in Bitcoin. I'm the head of Swan business, um, you know, during my daytime. But, you know, even this afternoon, I'm going to a, um, you know, a signing day with one of my high school athletes here in the city of Indianapolis where, you know, he got a scholarship. He's committing to a to a school to go play football. And I'm going to be there with 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 him um as he celebrates that moment with his family and with his school with his friends and so i've been coaching uh for the past decade you know hundreds of kids um in this city uh before that i was a you know division 1 athlete uh, myself i played linebacker you know had aspirations of you know playing pro ball started playing football when i was 5 and so i i just understand at a number of levels um the amount of effort and energy and time and sweat or proof of work it takes to be great, um, at a sport. And you don't even have to play it at a college level to know how much work and effort it takes to be good, whether it's on a high school team, you know, anything right to really, really, uh, to be great. And the idea that the work that you put in, um, is going to be for nothing. Like that value, that energy and effort and sweat that you put in is not transferable in any way, like in a proof of stake world. I think many athletes would be just ticked off, right? Uh, If you went through your whole life, let's say you trained, uh, you were a runner, and you put in, you know, hundreds, thousands of miles, you're up every morning at 6am, you know, running miles, you know, putting in the work. And then, let's say when you stop running, you can't transfer any of those skills, the discipline, the 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 health benefits from your body, like it just kind of all resets, right? That would just be incredibly infuriating. So Bitcoin was really natural for me in understanding that anything that is great, anything that is worthwhile, anything that can persist across time and space needs energy up front. And That's the thing about a team, about athletics, about a sport, like you can't fake the work. You can't just show up the day of the game or camp and expect to win and expect to receive the reward um, or the Coinbase reward or the block reward for uh, the energy that you didn't put in. And so it's just supernatural. There's so many analogies there. And I think it's it's been really fun at Swan as we've started to have more and more athletes join as we've started to do work with more um, sports teams. You know, the Compton Magic is the one that I think we're most excited about. Um, They're a high school AAU basketball team that's really trying to uh, their founder and head coach is literally fighting back against the existing system. That is, you know, really a proof of stake system that leeches value from these kids who are putting in tons of effort, um, tons of energy, putting their body on the line, um, putting in time in the gym when no one's watching, uh, and and he's trying to empower his players through Bitcoin and through just stealing the power uh, dynamics back from the existing system. And so that's one that we're super excited about. There's going to be a documentary coming out about that. In April, uh more information about that to be to be released. But um, you know, Bitcoin being magic money for athletes is something that we're uh we're really bullish on. And uh it's really starting to click with athletes. Before, I would say at the very beginning, you've got NBA top shot, you've got all these web three initiatives that have really infiltrated uh athletics at the highest level. And thankfully, you know. I mean, it's really sad, but like Tom Brady and Steph Curry getting burned in the whole FTX debacle and, you know, Miami Arena, you know, having FTX on its uh, on the outside of the arena uh, is really a helpful reminder to athletes and really a really good starting point to help to educate them on the difference between Bitcoin and crypto and proof of stake and proof of work. So, um, there's a lot of things there, man. It's 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 really big in my life. And I think there's a lot of analogies there that, that we can go on forever about.
0: Have you done any writing on that for Swan about kind of especially the proof of work, proof of stake difference for athletes?
1: Uh, no, but uh, that is one topic that I'm hoping to collaborate with a few folks on. I know uh, CJ Wilson and I, have had a different a couple of different threads there. Sean Colkin and I have had different threads on it. Uh, Sean Harris, Big Sean Harris, shout out to Sean, and I have different conversations about it. Armani, um, he's a, he's on Swan's team. He's a professional basketball player currently, uh, plays for the Panamanian national team. Um, and so uh, there's a number of us that have been working behind the scenes on some of these initiatives. Uh, But we probably need to be a little bit better about, you know, creating some manifestos, if you will, the Mark Moss kind of manifesto and putting that idea out there in the world to kind of spread the movement.
0: Well, Dante, you've shared a lot with us today, and I'm sure we'll have you on again in the future, but especially if people want to know when BitList comes out and to just be aware of new developments with Swan Business, where can people go to keep up with you and uh, be aware of those releases when they're out?
1: Yeah, feel free to um, follow me or DM me on Twitter, Dante underscore cook one, um, you know, that's a great place. So a lot of swans are there. Feel free to email me at Dante, D-A-N-T-E at swan.com. Happy to connect with you uh, about, you know, your business, your business needs. And one of the great things about Swan, we believe that, you know, rising tide lifts all boats. And so we have like a number of partners, whether that goes to wanting to accept Bitcoin payment on your website. Um, and so that can be with a solution, uh, maybe if you're in a contractor sort of setting like ZapRite, right. Um, we have a good relationship with that team, whether it's Ibex, right. Being able to accept payments through Ibex pay or build an integration to your site through Ibex hub, right. There's these different relationships that we have where we have kind of integrations and partnerships with where if we are not the right person, we will always walk you and handhold you to the right people. And eventually, right, it's all going to turn on itself. So if you have any questions about your business, about taxes, about holding Bitcoin on your balance sheet, hey, I want to gift, you know, Bitcoin to my employees and Bitcoin, what are the tax implications? What about if I do it in USD and it buys Bitcoin at the spot price? All of these sorts of questions, I've probably answered them 100 times. And I'm happy to just help you think through those things and walk through what the process is of transitioning to a Bitcoin standard.
0: And let me just say, as a uh, Swan customer, that was one of the things that early on attracted me to Swan. I mean, for just the the um, individual side of things, you're saying, you know, take your Bitcoin off the exchanges, you know, don't hold it with us. We want you to take self custody of it. Here are some of the ways you can do it. Here are some of the tools we recommend and really giving, giving each person who is a client at Swan, the resources they need to be financially empowered. I love that you're doing that for businesses as well. Once again, I'm sure we'll talk to you in the future, but thank you so much for your time today, Dante. It's been a pleasure. All right. Thanks, Josh. Well, friends, it's a wrap. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Business Bitcoinization Show. If you want to reach out to either me or Dante, you can find our links down in the show notes. And if you want to adopt Bitcoin in your business, consider working with Swan. As always, keep building, keep growing. And until next time, keep living and leading well. lightning wallet and one of my favorite features is that once you're using the app you can earn Sats just by listening on fountain check out the link in the show notes to get started with fountain today